Deutsche Welle. Learning by ear. Listen up. Shape your future. Hello and welcome to Learning by Ear and to the second episode of Once Upon a Time in Africa, the series where we travel into African history. Today, June complains about going with the goats to the pasture and asks Grandpa Peter how nomads can make a living out of it. And that reminds him of those people who thought the same a long, long time ago. Stay with us to find out how the Kanuri and the Zagawa peoples built up one of the big empires of antiquity in Africa. Come on. We are home now. Inside. Everyone inside. Come on. I'm back. What a job. Looking after those goats all the time. Will you stop complaining? Work is not play June. No, ma'am. It isn't. You're right. How is it possible to spend one's entire life taking animals to the pasture? Grandpa, the nomads are the ones who are always going from one place to another with their cattle, aren't they? <laughs> That's them, yes. But, you know, there are also nomads who change their way of life. The Zagawa, for instance, at first they were nomads. They lived in the northeast of Lake Chad on the way to Libya. Every time they changed their base, they built new huts. They are said to have founded the empire of Kanem and the Kanuri, another people of the region. They founded the empire of Bonu sometime at the end of the 8th century. Later, they joined together and formed the empire of Kanem Bonu. And by then, they had already seized their nomadic way of life. Kanem Bonu? I've heard nothing about that empire. Oh, probably. Besides the lack of information, several other empires developed and existed at the same time. Which one's Grandpa? Well, the Empire of Mali. Then Songhai. Ghana. But those ones appeared later. But how did they change from a nomadic way of life? Did they just start to build permanent homes? <laughs> no, it wasn't just like that. It took centuries. Some Kanuri from Bonu lived partly in oases in the Sahara Desert. There, they started growing date palms. They even boast about having been the first ones to plant them. But of course, there is no proof of that. If you had lived at that time in Bonu, you'd probably have helped mom and dad at the harvest. In fact, the whole community joined together. Families, friends and neighbors. The date harvest was a very important event for the Kanuri. Come on, Dad. Climb a little bit higher up the tree. Ah, just a bit more. There are lots of them at the top. Shh, let your father alone, child. He knows what he's doing. He's a master at harvesting dates. Here come more of them. Be careful down there. Uh, throw them, Jeff. Watch out for your heads. Uh, June. Go hand me that bunch. My back just doesn't bend anymore. 
Hey, Mr. Peter, not like that. Do you want all the deaths for yourself? What about the others? We're not here working just for fun, you know? Ah, that's true. They always keep the biggest bunches. Do you know what, Mr. Neighbor? Hey, everybody! There are dates for every one of you today. Ah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> It seems our neighbor had some never-ending debts with you. Uh, for the Kanuri, debts were not only good to eat and sell, but they were a very common product to pay off debts with too. What do you think about forgetting about the debts and debts for now? It's getting late and dinner has to be made, little girl. Just a little bit longer, Mom. Tell me, Grandpa, did the Kanuri only live from the dates? What about the rest of the year? And was it because of the dates that they became a big empire? <laughs> Daughter, one question after another. No, they didn't only live from dates, although a well-kept date plantation was enough to feed a whole family. They also traded slaves, for instance. I seem to be a slave myself. There's absolutely nobody to help me in this house. Slaves, Grandpa? Were they already slaves by that time? Daughter, there have always been slaves. Many, if not all, the big empires possess slaves. Just think about the Roman or the Greek Empire or Egypt. Who built the pyramids? That was even a long time before the empire of Kanembonu. So the slaves were so important in the empire? Slaves were, let's say, one of the products they traded with. There was, of course, the salt production, which was seen as the least prestigious work, since it was also the hardest. This work is not even fit for an animal. Carrying the soil away, the salt layer comes onto the surface. The water evaporates, and me, me, I have to take out the salt. What terrible heat! One cannot stay more than one hour on this salt pool. My feet seem to burn in the sandals. Oh, there's my neighbor, James. Have a rest, man. <sighs> hey, what a wound you've got there. How can you walk with your foot in that condition? I have to. What choice do I have? Will you do my work for me? Charles, at least there's one thing for us to look forward to. I've heard from the last caravan that they will need a lot of yellow salt for their cattle the next season. I'm glad they want more of that one instead of the white one. Yes, you're right, James. We'll have enough of the yellow salt. The cattle will feast on it. As for the white one, for our food, we are not that lucky. What do we have left, Charles, apart from this? What do we have left? Nothing but the work.
Hey, James, <laughs> come see. We can already take the salt from here. It's on the surface. Come, come see. Is the story over, Father? Uh, yes, it is. Just one more thing. Just one more thing, Mom. Endless stories. One more thing, one more thing. When will this ever end? To answer your question about the base of power of Kanembonu, the empire was a very important area for all kinds of trade. Trade, both from North Africa to the region south of the Sahara and between east and west, passed through Kanduri soil. It was also because of that commercial power that the Kanduri left their nomadic life. Ah, now I understand. The empire of Kanembonu was located in a strategic region. Exactly. And it was a very important empire for many centuries because of all those trade routes they control. June! 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 And this is the end of the second episode of Once Upon a Time in Africa, the Learning by Ear series about African history. You can listen to this or other Learning by Ear episodes again and send your comments about the program by visiting our website at www.dwworld.de forward slash LBE. Goodbye until next time.